A reading from 1 Clement, beginning in the 41st chapter. Let each one of us, brethren, be well-pleasing to God in his own rank, and have a good conscience, not transgressing the appointed rules of his ministration with all reverence. Not in every place, my brethren, are the daily sacrifices offered, or the freewill offerings, or the sin offerings and trespass offerings, but only in Jerusalem. And there also the offering is not made in every place, but before the shrine, at the altar. And the offering is first inspected by the high priest and the ministers already mentioned. Those, therefore, who do anything contrary to that which is agreeable to his will, suffer the penalty of death. You see, brethren, that the more knowledge we have been entrusted with, the greater risk do we incur. The apostles received the gospel for us from the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus the Christ was sent from God. The Christ, therefore, is from God and the apostles from the Christ. In both ways, then, they were in accordance with the appointed order of God's will. Having therefore received their commands, and being fully assured by the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with faith confirmed by the word of God, they went forth in the assurance of the Holy Spirit, preaching the good news that the kingdom of God is coming. They preached from district to district and from city to city, and they appointed their first converts, testing them by the Spirit to be bishops and deacons of the future believers. And this was no new method. For many years before had bishops and deacons been written of. For the scripture says thus in one place, I will establish their bishops in righteousness and their deacons in faith. And what wonder is it if those who are in Christ and were entrusted by God with such a duty establish those who have been mentioned? Since the blessed Moses also, a faithful servant in all his house, noted down in the sacred books all the injunctions which were given him. And the other prophets followed him, bearing witness with him to the laws which he had given. For when jealousy concerning the priesthood and the tribes were quarreling as to which of them was adorned with that glorious title, Moses himself commanded the rulers of the twelve tribes to bring him rods with the name of a tribe written on each. And he took them and bound them and sealed them with the rings of the rulers of the tribes and put them away in the tabernacle of testimony on the table of God. And he shut the tabernacle and sealed the keys as he had done with the rods. And he said to them, Brethren, of which soever tribe the rod shall bud, this has God chosen for his priesthood and ministry. And when it was daylight, he called together all Israel, six hundred thousand men and showed the seals to the rulers of the tribes and opened the tabernacle of testimony and took forth the rods and the rod of Aaron was found not only to have budded but also to be bearing fruit what do you think beloved that Moses did not know beforehand that this was going to happen assuredly he knew but he acted thus that there should be no disorder in Israel to glorify the name of the true and only God, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our apostles also knew through our Lord Jesus Christ that there would be strife for the title of bishop. 
For this cause, therefore, since they had received perfect foreknowledge, they appointed those who have been already mentioned, and afterwards added the codicil that if they should fall asleep, other approved men should succeed to their ministry. We consider, therefore, that it is not just to remove from their ministry those who were appointed by them, or later on by other eminent men with the consent of the whole church, and have ministered to the flock of Christ without blame, humbly, peaceably, and disinterestedly, and for many years have received a universally favorable testimony. For our sin is not small if we eject from the episcopate those who have blamelessly and holily offered its sacrifices. Blessed are those presbyters who finished their course before now, and have obtained a fruitful and perfect release in the ripeness of completed work. For they have now no fear that any shall move them from the place appointed to them. For we see that in spite of their good service, you have removed some from the ministry, which they fulfilled blamelessly. You are contentious, brethren, and zealous for the things which lead to salvation. You have studied the Holy Scriptures, which are true and given by the Holy Spirit. You know that nothing unjust or counterfeit is written in them. You will not find that the righteous have been cast out by holy men. The righteous were persecuted, but it was by the wicked. They were put in prison, but it was by the unholy. They were stoned by lawbreakers. They were killed by men who had conceived foul and unrighteous envy. These things they suffered and gained glory by their endurance. For what shall we say, brethren? Was Daniel cast into the lion's den by those who feared God? Or were Ananias, Azarias, and Misael shut up in the fiery furnace by those who ministered to the great and glorious worship of the Most High? God forbid that this be so. Who then were they who did these things? Hateful men, full of all iniquity, were roused to such a pitch of fury that they inflicted torture on those who served God with a holy and faultless purpose, not knowing that the Most High is the defender and protector of those who serve His excellent name with a pure conscience. To whom be glory forever and ever, amen, but they who endured in confidence obtained the inheritance of glory and honor. They were exalted and were enrolled by God in His memorial forever and ever. Amen. We also, brethren, must therefore cleave to such examples. For it is written, Cleave to the holy, for they who cleave to them shall be made holy. And again in another place it says, With the innocent man thou shalt be innocent, and with the elect man thou shalt be elect, and with the perverse man thou shalt do perversely. Let us then cleave to the innocent and righteous, for these are God's elect. Why are there strife and passion and divisions and schisms and war among you? Or have we not one God and one Christ and one Spirit of grace poured out upon us? And is there not one calling in Christ? Why do we divide and tear asunder the members of Christ and raise up strife against our own body? and reach such a pitch of madness as to forget that we are members 
one of another. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus, for he said, Woe unto that man! It were good for him if he had not been born, than that he should offend one of my elect. It were better for him that a millstone be hung on him, and he be cast into the sea, than that he should turn aside one of my elect. Your schism has turned aside many, has cast many into discouragement, many to doubt, all of us to grief, and your sedition continues. Take up the epistle of the blessed Paul the Apostle. What did he first write to you at the beginning of his preaching? With true inspiration he charged you concerning himself and Cephas and Apollos, because even then you had made yourselves partisans. But that partisanship entailed less guilt on you, for you are partisans of apostles of high reputation and of a man approved by them. But now consider who they are who have perverted you and have lessened the respect due to your famous love for the brethren. It is a shameful report. Beloved, extremely shameful and unworthy of your training in Christ that on account of one or two persons, the steadfast and ancient church of the Corinthians is being disloyal to the presbyters. And this report has not only reached us, but also those who dissent from us, so that you bring blasphemy on the name of the Lord through your folly, and are moreover creating danger for yourselves. Let us then quickly put an end to this, and let us fall down before the Master, and beseech him with tears that he may have mercy upon us, and be reconciled to us, and restore us to our holy and seemly practice of love for the brethren. For this is the gate of righteousness, which opens on to life. As it is written, Open me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter into them and praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, the righteous shall enter in by it. So then, of the many gates which are opened, that which is in righteousness is the one in Christ, in which are blessed all who enter and make straight their way in holiness and righteousness, accomplishing all things without disorder. Let a man be faithful. Let him have power to utter knowledge. Let him be wise in the discernment of arguments. Let him be pure in his deeds, for the more he seems to be great, the more ought he to be humble-minded and to seek the common good of all, and not his own benefit. Let him who has love in Christ perform the commandments of Christ. Who is able to explain the bond of the love of God? Who is sufficient to tell the greatness of its beauty? The height to which love lifts us is not to be expressed. Love unites us to God. Love covereth a multitude of sins. Love beareth all things, is long-suffering in all things. There is no nothing base, nothing haughty in love. Love admits no schism. Love makes no sedition. Love does all things in concord. In love were the elect of God made perfect. Without love is nothing well-pleasing to God. In love did the Master receive us. For the sake of the love 
which he had towards us, did Jesus Christ our Lord give his blood by the will of God for us, and his flesh for our flesh, and his soul for our souls. See, beloved, how great and wonderful is love. Instead of its perfection, there is no expression. Who is able to be found in it, save those to whom God grants it? Let us then beg and pray of his mercy that we may be found in love, without human partisanship, free from blame. All the generations from Adam until this day have passed away, but those who were perfected in love by the grace of God have a place among the pious who shall be made manifest at the visitation of the kingdom of Christ. For it is written, Enter into thy chambers for a very little while, until my wrath and fury pass away, and I will remember a good day, and will raise you up out of your graves. Blessed are we, beloved, if we perform the commandments of God in the concord of love, that through love our sins may be forgiven. For it is written, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not reckon, and whose mouth is no guile. This blessing was given to those who have been chosen by God through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>